Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these your notes about what we're going to say? What does it say? It would be a good. (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. (laughs) It's going well. It's going really well. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Emma. And today we are speaking to someone at the very beginning of their journey into the publishing industry, Eleanor Rose, production assistant at Bloomsbury. Hello, Eleanor. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to the show. We're super excited yes. uh, to be able to talk to someone who's still kind of... <laughs> just to, just to, to be able to speak to anyone. Yeah, just anyone. <laughs> That'd be great. To speak, no, to speak to someone who's just uh, new into the industry, still quite fresh i know you've been working for a year or so in, yeah that's right yeah. but um to kick things off i think the the best the best thing we can do for the listeners is to describe uh sort of within the context of publishing what you do as a production assistant sure yeah i mean i think a lot of people don't know what production is um in publishing and i certainly didn't know what it was when i first joined Um, production essentially the way I see it is we make your material we make your manuscript into a physical product so we're the ones that contact all the huge printers and make it into something that is tangible something that's palpable that you can touch Mm. Um, so on a day-to-day basis I guess I do a lot of admin work like any any entry-level job I suppose Um, a lot of spreadsheets a lot of excel but essentially what I'm doing on those spreadsheets is getting your books actually printed and made. So some of that yeah. is checking cover files, some of it's checking text files and contacting printers with purchase orders, et cetera. Um, I mean, like any job, it varies day to day, but uh, essentially that, that's what I do. I handle um, a, a bunch of titles. I have different lists that I work on. So I work sure. on film and media lists, philosophy, um, literary, literary studies and Arden Shakespeare. Mm. And And... You're, you're talking about like the text files and things like that. Uh, do you, so what, what are you specifically doing in terms of like, uh, as you said, a text file that comes in front of you or the cover file, what is your job to, to kind of do with that? It's not design pre- presumably. No. So yes. Mechanical. Yeah. So, um, I deal with a lot of reprints in production. So what that means is the book has already been published, but I'm, <laughs> I'm reprinting it essentially So it's when we've run out of stock and we realise that we have to, um, you know, have another couple of thousand in our warehouse. And so the text files will come to me and I have to update any changes. And so if there's been any errors that have been spotted since the first printing, and if the author's come back and said uh, they want something changed, they're the sort of things that I will edit in there. And essentially all that is is just marking up a PDF and just saying this is what needs changing. There are a couple of things that need changing every time a book is reprinted. So on the imprint page or the copyright page of a book, there's a reprinted line. So it says reprinted in 2020, 2021, sure. or whatever, yeah. and that has to be updated. 
Um, so I, I do things like that with the text files. Sometimes I'll have to get them converted into a different format. Um, so whether it's going from like a PDF to something else. Mm, and then right. with the cover files, again, they're kind of already made, but sometimes there'll be slight changes to the blurb or the edition number or the barcode might look slightly different, anything like that. And it's essentially my job to just check over them, measure that the cover file is going to match the text file. Obviously, the worst thing that can happen is you've got a text file and then you print it and the cover doesn't actually fit. So yeah. obviously making sure that they match and making sure the spine works okay and just generally checking the colours of it, etc. I mean, that was obviously a lot easier in person where we would print out an example proof of the cover and you could check it with, with your eyes in person. But now, obviously, at the moment, we have to do everything digitally. But, um, yeah, so yeah. it's just checking a lot of files. Um, with my job, particularly as an assistant, the files already exist. It's a case of just making small changes and, yeah, checking them. That's so interesting. I didn't realize that an author could basically change their book after it's already come out. <laughs> no, yeah. there, there definitely are limitations on what can be made. But I mean, because publishing essentially authors are like our little babies and their books, you know, their prized possessions, we do try and keep them happy. And I think that goes um, across the industry as a whole. Um, but I mean, if there's any grammatical errors, um, if recently we've had an author um, change their pronouns, so anything like that. Um, okay. if there's yeah I mean recently I've as well I've had um an afterward be put in afterwards as well so oh, right. that oh, obviously yeah. to, just to basically say what books have been published since that original book has come out and oh, okay. um, so yeah so they're never changing out. the story they're never putting big no 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 not not anything like that and I work in the academic and professional division as well so we we don't have any oh. like fiction books or anything that I work on so it will be, I mean, everything in an academic book obviously has to be true. So if, if there's a, a slight mistake, then obviously that's that's what needs to be changed. Yeah, right. makes sense. So how did you um, get into the publishing industry, Eleanor? Did, you, did something inspire you? Yeah, so I had a slightly different route to a lot of people. I know that a lot of people go to university, perhaps study English, perhaps do a master's in publishing and then try and struggle relentlessly to get an entry-level job into publishing and um, however I was fortunate enough to be a part of the first cohort for the first publishing assistant apprenticeship and oh, that runs through LDN apprenticeships which are a training provider for apprenticeships in and around London so I'm just outside of London but my apprenticeship was based there because I was at Bloomsbury and the Bloomsbury offices were in central London mm. and that was essentially just a few stage processing to get in that. And what that meant was not only did I have a full-time work position employed by Bloomsbury, but I was also able to study alongside it. So I was learning about all different areas of publishing, not just production that I worked in. So every month I was doing a different module on something else. And yes, it was kind of, yeah, studying and working at the same time. Wow. So it's something that you've always like been interested in, really, and that you knew that you wanted to do publishing and not maybe writing? I mean, to be honest, no. Like, I think a lot of people grow up knowing exactly you know, what the publishing industry is, and that's what they wanted to go into. I didn't really consider it a career choice until quite soon into actually, you know, applying, going to apply for the apprenticeship. I think I'd always really liked sort of creative writing, and I definitely thought that one day I'd be the next best-selling author. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Then when I realised that, yeah, when I realised that I was writing all these books and, you know, my last page was, and then they wrote, when they woke up and it was all a dream, I realised that maybe I'm not so original (laughs) with my stories. Um, 
and so yeah I mean I I was kind of studying um like a digital and communications journalism course at college so I kind of got a bit of an insight into what publishing was like then but that was more kind of radio stuff than anything and then yeah and then publishing has become this whole new world to me since I've joined basically I've learned more about it obviously since joining than I did beforehand so to go back to your question no to be honest initially when I first started it wasn't like yes I know exactly what I want to do I want to go into publishing I kind of figured that out along the way. Okay yeah that makes sense. We've spoken to people in the industry in different areas Mm -hmm. and a piece of advice that we have heard from uh, from them in terms of of for people looking to get into publishing is get in where you can and then figure out kind of which direction you want to go in. So now that you've been at Bloomsbury for for a bit, you, you've kind of seen the different avenues that your mm-hmm. career could take. Do you want to, can you just, for, for, for us and the listeners, just give kind of an overview of the different sort of sections that, that there are open to you at a publishing house? Yeah, sure. So in a traditional publishing house, and what I, mean by, well, what I mean by that is trade publishing, so where the consumer is the customer, um, right. you would have, first of all, editorial. So they're the ones that kind of focus on the manuscript and deal with the authors a lot. You yeah. have the sales, so they make the make the sales, <laughs> self-explanatory. <laughs> you have the marketing and publicity, so they will um, help, help make the sales by making the book visible. Yeah. You have rights who allow the material to be um, exposed in different territories. And then you have production, like myself, that make the actual book happen. You might have a digital team as well, so they make ebooks audiobooks etc mm-hmm. um and then you might have like the operations team as well so they might check stock levels and work quite closely with sales right um, right, right. I don't know. <laughs> is, is that all of them <laughs> <laughs> the one that you hear about i think the one that is is from the outside looking in most desirable the one that people want is to be in the editorial mm-hmm. team yeah. right yeah and for you personally you, you've you've come in in production do you feel mm-hmm. like that's the place for you or do you have your eye on maybe moving into one of the other sectors yeah so to be honest I prefer production than editorial I haven't sure. worked specifically in it editorial I've done bits and pieces and I've learned about it and I yeah I just, I just prefer production I don't know what it is about it but I think editorial is no doubt the most competitive that is what everyone wants they and I think there's some misconceptions about what editorial actually do some people think they will literally just spend all day reading and then making a couple of changes to the book and (laughs) that's it that's their job and obviously it completely differs at different publishing houses um but for me I mean I've always been interested in kind of like marketing and publicity and as part of my publishing qualification I did a lot of kind of work experience with those departments at Bloomsbury as well which really made me kind of more interested in those areas I suppose just because I got to work really closely on like a small number of titles where in production it's quite common to be working on quite a lot of titles at one time and I suppose you can't give your all to one title in that way I suppose that you could with marketing and publicity the thing with marketing and publicity as well is you're in touch with the media you're in touch with bloggers etc a lot um, that isn't to say that tomorrow I'm going to jump and <laughs> leave my job. <laughs> I, I really do like production. There is something like really satisfying about it. And you definitely do get to make a lot of decisions as well. Um, you're not just kind of employed to do the rubbish work or anything. I think um, that's a, kind of another misconception. Production, you do get an input into a lot of things about how the 
how the book is actually made and where it's made, etc. Um, so yeah, for me personally, editorial, I don't really want to go down that route. Um, so I guess that's kind of, that's good for news for other people because I'm one less person to worry about in the, the massive competition pool. <laughs> well, there we go. There you go. <laughs> Have you got a, like a favourite thing about the job, Eleanor? And like a least favourite thing maybe about the job? Yeah, I think in general, um, it's just the, this is so weird to say, but like just the industry as a whole is really nice to be in. So everyone is really, really friendly. Everyone works together quite a lot. You're in touch with other departments. You kind of know your business quite a lot. And I think that goes for any publishing house as well, whether you're small, medium or large, you kind of know a lot of people that you work with. Um, So as a whole, I think the industry is really nice. You're surrounded by people with the same passion as you. You all love books. You all love publishing. And that's such a kind of contagious and positive like mood and atmosphere to constantly be in. Yeah. I'm definitely not one of those people that could just do a job for money and that's it. <laughs> I have to yeah. love my job to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I do. And I think that's, yeah, that's probably my favourite thing about publishing, just kind of the people and the fact that everyone kind of loves what they're doing. It's just just a whole kind of like friendly atmosphere. Um, you know, I don't ever kind of dread going to work because of a particular person or because the job's boring or anything. So, yeah, that's probably a really vague answer. <laughs> well, that's that's a whole. great answer. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've definitely dreaded going to previous jobs. My goodness. I know, definitely. Um, <laughs> and on a similar trend, mm-hmm. when you first started the the job, was there anything that surprised you about how publishing works? Like something you hadn't thought about yeah. or, or something you thought you were like, wow, that's not at all how expected yeah. it used to be. Everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> everything was different to how I thought it was going to be. Oh, Nothing really? was how I pictured it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I definitely didn't do enough kind of research, I suppose, into it before. I kind of went in quite blind, having not studied anything really about publishing before. And so when I went in, I was like, what is this world? <laughs> I think one of the things that I learned is there's always free books, which is fantastic. There's <laughs> always a free book. If you're in the office and there's um, just we used to have, for example, in Bloomsbury, when we're in the office, there's a bookshelf right next to reception. And it's basically just a free bookshelf. So if there's any line there, you can just have it and take it home. Um, So that was always great. That sounds (laughs) amazing. There's also proof (laughs) drops. So every time that the marketing and publicity department would be working on a new book and they have like the proofs, like the kind of dummy versions of a book before it's finalised, They'll yeah, have, say, like a couple of hundred of them and send them out to bloggers, et cetera. But if we had any left spare in the office, they'd sneakily put them in reception. The reception or someone from marketing and publicity would email everyone in the office and say they're in reception, go get it. And everyone would just absolutely leg it to reception <laughs> to try and get one of their people. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, That's yeah, so good. Yeah. And I mean, I've contacted, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I've contacted people from Bloomsbury as well and said, I need this book. Can I have it, please? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll send it to you. So um, there's always three books. That's, yeah, that's a positive. Um, in terms of how the industry is actually run, different to how I thought, again, I didn't realise there were so many departments. Production, again, I didn't know that was a department. I could have guessed from yeah. a young age that editorial existed as a department, but there's so yeah. many departments that I didn't realise how it works. And there's some people with roles as well I'm like that that's a job like people are paid for that like how, how <laughs> <does> that <happen? laughs> um, so yeah I mean 
I, I don't know everything's different to when I first joined. I, I think I'm and I'm still learning. I don't know. I don't claim to know anything about the industry either. It's constantly it's constantly changing and it's different at every house and even just kind of like the external suppliers as well. The printers are different to how I thought they'd be. The mm-hmm. agencies are different to how I thought they'd be. Everything like that. So yeah, I mean, I was definitely naive going in, I suppose, but kind of pleasantly surprised. I sure. think it's like yeah. an industry that you constantly learn in, isn't it? Like something yeah. like yeah. everything changes or sort of evolves, um, which is obviously much of a much because it's a bit like uh, like every industry. But I think yeah. it, definitely in the creative industries, things are so, um, you know, non-tangible. So um, yeah. speaking about learning agree. as well, um, so you've started a YouTube channel, which is brilliant, yes. by the way. I've sat scrolling through videos <laughs> this yeah. week. It's really good. Um, yeah, where you obviously interview various people as well as mm-hmm. talking about your experiences in the industry. Can you tell us what really inspired you to to do this and to create this YouTube channel? Because it's so brilliant and there's nothing really out there so that helpful. does that, really. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if you told me a few years ago that I was going to start up a YouTube channel, I probably would have laughed. Because I probably <laughs> was going to, in my head, if you told me that, I'd be like, what, am I doing it about makeup or something? Like, am I doing it about fashion or, or what? I would have never dreamed that I was doing it about this. So it definitely wasn't a plan of mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always loved kind of educating people, uh, teaching people, that sort of thing. Um, and I always love talking, so that obviously helps. <laughs> um, <laughs> helps for us. It helps yeah. us. Well. You should try doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I did a talk um, with the Get Into Book Publishing Company, and it was with New Writing North as well. In I think it must have been November uh, 2020. So it was the Working Publishing Week, and I was invited to come and be one of the guest speakers there and talk about my role in production and the kind of journey similar to this, I guess, like the journey of how I got there through the apprenticeship, being one of the first people to do that. And so many people after that were adding me on LinkedIn, asking me questions. They had no idea what I was doing and they wanted to know more. I was kind of like, okay, I didn't realise that, you know, I'd worked in production a while at that point and I kind of thought, okay, most people surely if they want to get into publishing, they kind of know what it is by now. But no, I still was bombarded with so many questions after that and people sort of messaging me. And it was great because I was like, okay, I can, I can teach people. Like, I'm, I'm supposedly an expert in this now. I've worked in this for a year. So I was like, right, okay, how am I going to teach people about all the things that I now know and I've learned? And initially, I was going to do it as a blog. I had intended in it to be a blog. And then I thought, God, there's so many blogs out there. Mine's just going to get lost in the thousands that are out there. No one will read it. Yeah. Um, so then I was thinking maybe I'll do a podcast. But for me personally, I'm a really visual learner and I interact really visually so I was like right YouTube is is the next idea so it was kind of this crazy idea that I put to and um, my skills coach at the time and my boyfriend and was like I'm gonna do a YouTube channel and that's it and they were sort of like really why on what are you sure <laughs> <laughs> so I was like yeah no no and then I'm kind of like the all or nothing type so I was like no I'm gonna do a YouTube channel I'm gonna start it and I think that weekend, uh, that weekend, I kind of just drafted about 20 different ideas for different videos. The next weekend, I was like, right, I'm going to film it. I'm going to start it. And then, yeah, it kind of just came from there where I realized that there's a gap in the market. People know, not the market such because I don't yet make any money from it, but it, there's kind of a gap in the knowledge of people in publishing where Definitely. they don't know yeah. a lot. Of it. So here I am <laughs> telling people <laughs> about it. And 
it helps obviously that I did the qualification that I did because as I said I've got experience and knowledge in all different departments I'm not just Mm -hmm. talking from a production point of view I'm talking about the industry as a whole and the issues it faces and yeah talking to different people and so it's kind of it's kind of almost like an informative educational channel I suppose because I I suddenly realized last year that people don't know everything and and I'm trying to kind of bridge that gap yeah definitely I think Jamie I don't know whether you know you agree with me on this but we had a similar experience with why we are doing our podcast really and why we're interviewing you and other people um it's just because so obviously it wasn't the uh, same as yours but it was along the lines of that you just kind of uh, it's a generational thing as well and I find I find like your YouTube especially you can really like connect to people over it and like what you said it's really sort of um uh, yeah, it's a, it's a visual aid, and people get to know who you who you are as a person, mm. and and know that you're not, you know. I think you think of like the writing world as everyone being sort of glasses on, and sure. they're just like yeah. maybe a little bit older. Yeah. And no offense to all the old people out there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's nice to sort of you know connect with people that are wanting to get into the industry as well as people mm. who are kind of seasoned pros as well. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've never connected with so many people in my life before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I started my, yeah, I started my um, Twitter account at the same sort of time. I hadn't had Twitter before. I think actually I did, and then I found it. I was like, oh, I, I did start Twitter a few years ago and just never <laughs> posted on it, never did anything. Yeah, suddenly confused why I didn't have um, – that username wasn't available. I was like, oh, this I already have it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I started a Twitter account and from that I've gained so many people because they connect with me on there and because obviously mm. YouTube, as far as I'm aware, you can't sort of direct message people on YouTube, you can comment, but if someone wants to send me a private message, they do it on Twitter and yeah. so many people just either telling me that they like the channel or that they have a particular question or an idea for a video and it's great because I, like you said, I talk to people that are publishing hopefuls, what we call it, people that are trying to get into publishing and also people that are just starting out that are just sort of saying, you know, it's helped them or... That, that you know talking to them about doing an interview etc so yeah I feel very kind of connected and that's one of if not the biggest thing that I've kind of taken away from doing this YouTube channel and yeah I, I'm always up for you know meeting new people etc and so that's definitely that's definitely you know one thing that the YouTube channel has brought me. Yeah it's great and I guess rolling on from that and um, what advice would you have to the people like that like you've just mentioned you know newbie people wanting to get into publishing or production like yourself and um, would you have any main kind of you know stalks of advice that mm-hmm. you you would have liked to hear when your YouTube channel wasn't available obviously my first uh, advice would be subscribe to my channel of course <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it's Eleanor Marie Rose, isn't it, on YouTube? So, yes, that's right. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Check um, her out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did a video recently on the tips to get into publishing because that was so many people asking me the same question. And it wasn't that I was almost annoyed of repeating myself. It was the fact that, you know, there's nothing out there, clearly, for people to yeah. just refer to. I'm there obviously having to contact individuals. And it must be taking so much of their time as well. If, if people don't get back to them, they're going to other people all the time. Yeah. And so I created this video sort of on the tips to get into publishing because – people want to know what's the magic answer. And I say in that video, there is no magic answer. I can't give you an ABC, do these things, tick those boxes, and then you'll get into publishing. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. There are definitely things you can do, though, like connecting with people, networking with people, following different people on social media. 
if you don't have social media, just doing your research on newspapers, on um, the bookseller online, things like that. Just kind of get involved, know the market, know the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of publishing hopefuls now are at that stage and it's that really tricky stage of trying to absolutely nail your application, your CV and your cover letter. And it's yeah. so tricky because even with that, there's no right answer and you might be really unlucky with the person that reads your cover letter that day. They might be in a mood, they might be biased in some way, <laughs> anything like that that kind of can disadvantage you. So it's super competitive and I don't think anyone um, kind of would ever disagree with that. So I think even the people kind of apply um even the people kind of reading their applications or whatever, they probably understand that you've probably applied for so many jobs before this and it is just sort of almost a game of luck. So I think don't be kind of disheartened more than anything that you might get rejected quite a few times before you get a job in publishing. People know that. It doesn't reflect anything on you. It doesn't reflect reflect anything on your experience or what you know or anything. You could have applied for so many jobs, done every single bit of work experience and research and extracurricular kind of stuff to get that job and some reason you might have just been unlucky um and so yeah I think there's it it really does depend on the job that they're actually applying for as well you know if they're applying for an editorial role if you've got any kind of spelling mistake or anything in your cover letter application cv whatever that's unfortunately going to put you at a slight disadvantage equally if you're applying for like a marketing and publicity role and you fail to mention anything about kind of enthusiasm and social media, anything like that, that's probably going to put you at a disadvantage as well. So kind of tailoring it to the application that you're, you know, that you're applying for. And it kind of goes yeah. back to what we were saying earlier as well. Like, um, oh my God, I lost my chin. But yeah, kind of like, yeah, that you have to kind of make it specific and you can apply for so many different roles. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. So you were saying earlier, sort of, can you just apply for any role to get your foot mm. into the door? I mean, yes, you can, but make sure that your applications are actually specific. You don't want to start talking about yeah, making sales when you're sort of applying for an editorial role or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know your that's YouTube channel, nice. sorry, um, before we move on, is is when is that is that weekly? When do you post just so people know when to I post too much? <laughs> <laughs> people are probably fed up of me coming up on there if they have post notifications or whatever, they're probably fed up of me on Twitter saying I've posted a new video. I'm sorry. Never, <laughs> okay. never. The thing is, I've said this in one of my videos that I filmed recently, actually, that's uh, coming out this week, and I basically said, like, I know that I post too much, but there's just too much to say. There's too much information that I want to get out there. Um, but yeah, there's um, so every Wednesday I have an interview with a publishing professional. So that's various people that I've contacted and thought that they'd be suited for an interview. So I'm trying to get people from all around the industry. So at agencies, at publishing houses, at medical journals, anything, any role from editorial, sales, design, etc. And then they're kind of, yes, they're every Wednesday. And then every weekend, I like to post at least one video of my own content as well. So whether that's like the skills you need to get into publishing talking about the differences between commissioning, acquiring and submissions and anything like that. And then I do often post like a third one as well. And that will just be, again, another one of my ones that I've just kind of filmed and created. Might be a shorter one, but definitely two times a week, sometimes three times a week. That's great. So the schedule is too much. The schedule is always. Just head over to our channel. It's fabulous. (laughs) Jimmy, last question. That Literally. does bring us on to the final question. Um, and the final question for you is... Drum roll. 
Drum roll. <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island with nothing but a single book to keep you company, which book would you take? I don't think I have. I'm sorry to answer this so awkwardly, but I don't have a specific <laughs> book. I have a okay. kind of genre of book, if you like. If I'm stranded on a desert island, I don't want to be bored. I can't stand sitting and doing nothing. I have to be productive. Mm-hmm. So if I was stuck there, I couldn't read a fiction book because it's over too quickly. I could no. read a non-fiction book if it was about 2,000 pages to keep me busy and learning. <laughs> or the more realistic book that I take with me is something like a colouring book, a word search yeah. book, anything. Uh, that only counts, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. No, it does count. It counts. I like that. Um, yeah, something to keep me busy if I'm on it. That, that doesn't say that's my favourite type of book, but I mean, if I'm on a desert <laughs> island, I want something to do. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's nice. Stay mm. active. Exactly, yeah. I'd only worry that you, you'd finish all the puzzles and then you'd be left with uh, <sighs> yeah. a bit, you know, firewood, essentially. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm all or nothing. I'm either not touching <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, also, just you could then create your own puzzles on the other side of the pages, I feel yeah, like, you know. Exactly. Making up your own a, a new language would be great. Um well thank you <laughs> so much, Eleanor, for speaking to yeah, us thanks. today. It's been really great no, to thank chat you. to you. It's yeah. been really insightful. No, a lot, a lot of things I, I didn't know about in uh, publishing. So uh, and, and if uh, for anyone listening check out Eleanor's channel Eleanor Marie Rose Publishing on YouTube and there is a lot more information on (laughs) her journey into publishing and what each of the different roles and things entail so go check it out to keep up with everything that Eleanor is doing, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Eleanor M. Rose E. And to make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK or on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.